In the early part of the century, newly chartered banks, also known as de novo banks, were all the rage. From 2000 to 2008, nearly 1,100 banks were newly chartered in this country. But that number fell drastically following the financial crisis in 2008. In fact, when Infinity Bank in Santa Ana, California opened its doors on February 1st, 2018, it became only the ninth bank in the United States to open after the crisis. So we asked an executive with Infinity Bank, did you all know that you were trying to accomplish something that happened so infrequently during the previous 10 years? Yes, and we did it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Andy Goldstein. I'm Laura Sewell, and you're listening to Fintech Focus from CSI. According to an article from Independent Baker, it takes 9 to 11 months to open the doors on a de novo bank after the initial application is filed. In that time, bankers are doing everything from building the bank's IT infrastructure to picking out office chairs. As the chief operating officer and chief financial officer of Infinity Bank, Victor Guerrero worked long hours to make his vision of creating a highly trusted community bank in Southern California a reality. And we are pleased that he is here with us to talk about his experiences launching a new institution. Victor Guerrero, welcome to FinTech Focus. It's great to talk to you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you both. What makes a de novo bank unique and why did you want to open one? Well, the fact that bankers have entered the shoes at the same entrepreneurs that we're trying to appeal to makes us somewhat unique. What we're also for entrepreneurs and owners of small businesses just like them. And so also when looking for a bank that is willing and able to bend to their needs and wants, de novo banks are some of the most flexible as they've not become set in their ways or have layers of bureaucracy to deal with. And that's very appealing to potential clients. Take me back a little bit and and tell me about how the idea for the bank was born. Sure. Well, it was born out of the mind uh, of our CEO. You know, he had retired in 2014 and after a year of traveling the world, he was bored. And so uh, he reached out to many of his good friends and former clients, and they spoke to him about the need for a bank that would be willing to uh, meet them where they're at and focus on helping businesses, their owners, their employees, and the families of those respective groups, and not just lending money to people who don't need it, which banks are famous for saying. Victor, give us a little bit about your background. I'd like to see what you were doing before this. Sure. Well, directly before this, I was with another bank that I helped start up, Orange County Business Bank. We opened in 2002, and I was the founding CFO. And so we ran that bank for about 14 years and then sold it to a larger bank out of Seattle. And uh, shortly after that, I met with the CEO of this bank, Balabal Krishna. He shared with me the vision of what he was trying to do, and that was very appealing to me. And so I joined him. So it sounds like Infinity Bank's organizers, board, and management are all local business people who have strong ties to the Los Angeles and Orange County communities. Do those Absolutely. ties, yeah, do those ties play into Infinity Bank's mission and goals? In other words, what void does Infinity Bank fill in your community? Sure. Well, about twenty some years ago, there were forty five banks headquartered in Orange County, making money, being successful. And today, there are 17, with several of those being well over a billion, five billion and more. And so the ability of community banks to meet the needs of clients at the entry level or even at the the medium, small level is not there. 
Um, there's just not enough of us anymore to, to do that kind of business. And so these the community banks that were small and now have grown aren't able to meet the needs of these businesses because they themselves now have to deal with bureaucracy and policies and does this customer fit what we're doing rather than a bank being able to cater to the businesses themselves. Victor, can you give us an example of a typical customer? Sure. A typical customer is a uh, small business located in L.A. or Orange County that has maybe 10 to 25 employees. They've been around for five years or more. They generate revenue of anywhere from a million to $50 million. And uh, they are focused on any number of markets. They could be in real estate. They can be in uh, the service business or manufacturing or um, wholesaling, whatever the case might be. And so it's a broad range of industry types, but the same fundamentals are there in which it's a business owned by uh, either individuals or families that are here local to LA and Orange County. I want to get into the process a little bit. So the first step of, of all this is obviously is dreaming up the idea for the bank. So once you have the idea, what are some of the, the next steps toward making the bank a reality? Well, it's a little different for each uh, organization. For for us, it was first finding the people who support the idea of organizing a bank, which is not easy. You have to convince people to give you uh, a substantial amount of money in addition to the money that you're going to be putting in yourself uh, because it takes anywhere from 2 to $3 million and two years, up to two years, to get a bank open. So identifying those key people who are going to be your organizers, many of whom will eventually become board members, um, is key because they have to be patient. They have to at least have a little bit of understanding of how a new bank process or a tremendous amount of trust in management that's putting it together. And so uh, once you have those people together, then you start the application process and working with the regulators on the type of concept that they'll be willing to accept um, as a new bank. What kind of money did you need to raise to launch Infinity? Um, well, uh, as I said, it takes anywhere from about 2 to $3 million to uh, start the bank, um, or at least organize the bank. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, then you do a capital raise once you're ready to get the bank open, once you have approval from the regulators. How much capital did you end up raising? $33 million. So we were um, going after $30 million, up to $30 million. And the regulators will allow you to keep 10% over that. And so we oversold our subscription and uh, were able to keep $33 million of it. You're listening to FinTech Focus. We're talking with Victor Guerrero, COO and CFO of Infinity Bank in Santa Ana, California, about his experiences launching a de novo bank. It seems that the, a lack of investor interest is often what prevents de novo banks from launching. You were able to, to, to raise $33 million and, and hit your target. To what do you attribute that success? Uh, it's a number of factors. Uh, you asked the question earlier about how, I mean, it was Laura who asked, how it is that our board members play into our business plan. Well, they play a big part in the beginning in terms of raising capital whether they're putting money in or they're bringing people in that they know. And then also we partnered with a great firm, uh, B. Riley, that brought some of their people. They invested as an organization, and then they brought people that they knew. And so that partnership between these two parties is what made this so successful in terms of our capital raise. And you mentioned the application process uh, a few minutes ago. 
What was that like? Was that a paperwork nightmare or how did that go? Oh, it was fun. <laughs> I, I'm, so, I'm hearing sarcasm. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this, you know, we have some pretty good equipment, but I think the uh, sarcasm detected it. <laughs> okay. Hopefully regulators aren't listening. So, uh, it, it was quite a bit of paperwork. Um, and, and so, uh, for example, one of the documents, the primary document that includes the application in which we talk about the demographics, the business plan, and some basic policies was over a thousand pages long. Wow. <laughs> so if that's defined as a nightmare, then yes, it was. Yeah, anything over like five pages for me is a nightmare. So a thousand is, <laughs> oh boy. Is that yeah, divvied up the... among several of your crew? How, how did that, how did well, you complete that? Well, at the stage that we did this, there was just two of us, Bala and myself. However, um, we did have uh, great help from some good attorneys and a uh, consulting firm local here, Carpenter and Company, who has tremendous amount of experience. And so uh, they gave a lot of input. Um, so it wasn't just lifting by um, just Bala and myself. So when launching a de novo, obviously you're starting from scratch. What did your plan look like for selecting a core processor? That's a pretty important uh, aspect. Uh, both the CEO and I are strong believers in making sure that the people who are going to be using the system are the ones that are going to be making the decision on it. Mm -hmm. And so by this time in the process, uh, their bank is well underway with its application. We have identified key people who are going to be in various areas of the bank, compliance, operations, loans, um, finance, or controller. And so uh, each of those folks uh, spent the time to look at several different core providers. And that came from their own personal experience. It came from other providers that made presentations to them. And then they spent a tremendous amount of time reviewing the systems, having you know conversations amongst themselves, and then came to the conclusion of, uh, the core processor that they chose, and they presented it uh, to me and said, this is the one we want. And so from there, uh, I took over and we started negotiating with them on a contract. When Infinity Bank opened its doors on uh, February 1st, 2018, it became only the ninth bank in the United States to open since 2008. So while you and, and Ball and the rest of the team were working to open the bank, did you all know that you were trying to accomplish something that happened so infrequently during the previous 10 years? Yes, and we did it anyway. Not, <laughs> not the brightest appears. But so um, both Bala and myself have uh, opened banks. He did his in 2003, and like I said, mine in 2002. And when we did ours, uh, there was over 100 banks each of those years that were opening. Mm -hmm. And so uh, although it was still a tremendous task, I'm not sure it's – all that much more tremendous today than it was then. It's just there aren't many people doing it for lots of reasons. But um, it became clear as we went through the process because so few regulators were there today that were there 15 years ago that remembered the process. And so a tremendous part of the process was us educating the regulators on what needed to be done to get this moving because they were nervous about getting another bank off the ground. After a break, we'll ask Victor about his goals for the bank's future. You're listening to Fintech Focus from CSI. The competition for attracting and retaining customers is at an all-time high. And if you want to win, you need to understand what your customers want from your institution. 
CSI and global research firm, the Harris Poll, recently conducted a survey of more than 2,000 U.S. adults to uncover the key factors they look for in their banking relationships. Download the survey at CSIweb.com slash ConsumerPoll2018. You'll learn why 85% of banking customers said they want all their branch needs met by a single banker and other insight that will take your customer relationships to the next level. That's CSIweb.com slash ConsumerPoll2018. Victor, it sounds like the bank is off to a really great start. What are some of your goals for the future, both short-term and long-term? We want to be the best-performing bank for our employees, our clients, and our shareholders. And so for employees, that means creating a culture where they have a voice, where they feel valued, where they're respected, where they feel like they're making a difference both here and outside in their communities as a result of being a part. And for um, our clients, creating a, a banking experience that becomes kind of transparent to what they do. As customers, the last thing they want is the bank to be central and they're operating so that they have to stop and start each time they need to interact with their bank. We want to become a part of their business and just integrate it, if you will, so that we can meet their needs as they come up without having to create a lot of trouble for them. And for our shareholders, of course, we want to create a great return because they've put a lot of faith in us by investing in us uh, when we were at zero. How many employees do you have? Uh, Today we have 18. And what are some, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that employee empowerment. Can you give me some examples of of what that means? Sure. Uh, Both Bala and I have a a servant leader, mentor leader um, kind of style where it is more our role to stand behind the team. And so um, it starts with them making decisions and them making recommendations then and the employees feeling as if it's their bank. So they're not really running it because Bala says, this is what I want. Just go ahead and carry out what I want. Instead, they're saying, this is where I know I need to go. And these are the tools I need to accomplish that. And then they can come and say, this is what we need. And it's also Bala's and my responsibility to be there for them and ask them, do you have everything you need and to support in that way? And then also, we work really hard to eliminate all electronic conversations internally. Interesting. And so uh, one of the things we have a rule uh, here internally that if anything you're going to say has any possibility that it could be negative, whether it's no, we can't do that, or can we do that another time, or I, I, you know, something like that, I don't agree with you, it must be in person. And that's the only way that we can make sure that the chemistry works well here because when you write an email or a letter or anything like text, it's not up to the writer to determine the tone. It's up to the reader. And so it's so important to have that one-on-one face-to-face conversation. And it's just a small office, but you'd be surprised, I think, how many times I've experienced where relationships have broken down with people sitting right next to each other because instead of talking, they texted or emailed. It sounds like really great advice for any level of leadership in uh, in terms of getting the best out of your employees and and creating a very um, cohesive and uh, quite frankly friendly work environment. What advice would you give to someone who wanted to start a de novo bank? Run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I would say this: if your vision 
is to do something similar, whether it's to serve your community, to serve a certain market niche that is underserved, uh, then I think it's a great opportunity and a great decision. If it is to simply just make a ton of money and create a bank that you can put together and sell in three or four years or something like that, you really need to take the time to think about whether or not this is the best industry for that because that was something that was done maybe 15 years ago whereas today if you're designing it solely for that you need to think about the possibility of what could happen if a recession occurs or things change and then you're not able to sell did you design a bank that was flawed from the beginning but if you start with the right premise i think you could be a tremendous success and whatever happens you know the shareholders decide then that's a different that's a different story altogether well, Victor, I can tell, I, I, I feel your sincerity and you've put your heart into this and I'm sure the whole staff has done so. Are you having a blast? We're having a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, both the CEO and I uh, were so fortunate to be able to work with people in many cases that we've worked with in the past. In fact, I think all but uh, two people that are here um, has no connection whatsoever to uh, the other employees. And so because of that, um, it's working like a family and we've integrated these families um, via that communication. And so we are having a lot of fun because it's a small little community and a little bit like Mayberry in some ways. And, and except so, it, uh, I was going to say, except it's Southern California. So Aunt B is like really attractive and everyone's good looking and yeah. Well, I'd be excluded from that. Oh, I've seen I your picture. You're being very modest. 35 years experience. You have 35 years of experience, right? He doesn't look a day uh, over 42. Uh, well, thank you. It's 30, but yes, I appreciate your compliment. Crazy. Victor, it was a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for the time, and we wish you and Infinity Bank the best of luck. Thank you for talking with us on FinTech Focus today. Well, thank you both. I appreciate the time you spent with me and appreciate the partnership that we have with CSI. That's it for this week's episode of FinTech Focus. Thanks again to Victor Guerrero for joining us today, and thanks to all of you for listening. To learn more about Infinity Bank, visit their website at GoInfinityBank.com. You can subscribe to FinTech Focus wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. The reviews mean a lot to us, and they help more people discover the show. For previous episodes of FinTech Focus, and to learn more about CSI, head over to CSIWeb.com. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.